Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to Sofa Cinema Club. I'm Colson Smith and as always I am joined by... Jack P. Shepard. Ben Barnes. <laughs> the Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together to educate each other on films. Now it is all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. Each week we come into the studio after picking a film for each other to watch and then we talk about what we loved, hated and rated. The beauty of our film club is that anybody can join in. All you have to do is watch along with the film in your own time and then come and join us on Thursday to find out what we thought. This week's film has been chosen by me and it is my last pick of the series for Jack and Ben and you guys at home to watch. And as you know, it is the classic Vantage Point. <laughs> you literally said it like Vantage Point. Big, like big On guns. the trailer, big film. Everyone on Twitter is excited for this. They know it's a big film. Before we get into talking all things Vantage Point, as always, how has your week been? Well, we haven't been driving anywhere, have we? Well, I'm I'm surprised (laughs) you made it here, Jack, because I saw you at 9am this morning and you told me you've got five miles in your tank. Let's just get it into perspective. Mm. Shepard has got a car that does... What, five miles to the gallon? <laughs> you go out the gate to work and you've run out. Yeah. How many have you got left now? Well, it says five miles on the clock, but it's not five miles. It might as well be one. You go, get in your car and you fill it up. How far do you get? It says I've got 250 miles. <laughs> You're joking. Jesus. If I fill it up, that's what it says I've got. But I haven't. I've got about a third of that. You've got like just over 100 mile, you reckon? If that. Wow. If I fill it up, that's how much I've got. Don't put your foot down. Do you have to drive like a granny? Yeah. You're basically the reason that there's no trees. Well, I live in the city centre, so you can't drive anywhere anyway. You're always in traffic. So I'm always going slow. So you know I said to you today... Ben's got this special. Ben's got this special tank. Gives him eight hundred miles, and you went, "Well, that's fucking bullshit." Ben, right? So there I am driving up Manchester, and I'm like, "Ooh, was a bit weird because I went. I got a detour, motorway shirt, detour, detour." It, it, he was he was two hours late getting back to the flat. I went to bed. I mean, one time, you know, on the ways it tells you your journey. Yeah, one of them was six hours. <laughs> And I'm like, hmm, I'm not going to pick that one. So it took me off around Birmingham. 
And every petrol station was shut, apart from one 24 hours, and there was a massive queue. So I kept going, I get near Manchester, and then I think, ooh, I need a wee, I need some wine gums. So I pull in the petrol station, I wasn't too fussed on the petrol, I was all right, I was all right. Pulled in, and it was like being in a kind of mirage. All the petrol pumps were fine. Oh. I'm like, this is a kind of trick. So I got the little thing out, put the diesel in and press go. Woman pulls in in a van, goes, is there any diesel? Oh, it's you. (laughs) It's you. 11 o'clock at night. It's you. And I said, yep, there is, but only for me. And kept filling it. She kind of half looked at me think, is he being real? Um, So I filled it up and then I thought, I wonder how long I get. Now, you know that little computer Mm. that tells you how long you get? (laughs) No, 860. I don't think my clock goes up to those digits. And I'm like, hold on, I can go round the world. Philly as fog, I'm off. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. like, I was like, I'd never looked at, but I think you have to do like 56 miles an hour on the motorway. But that's what it was saying I could get. That is ridiculous. 850 miles. Yeah. It's like being in an electric car. What's yours do, Coles? Like... 280, 300. Nah, maybe maybe more, maybe 320 actually. Jesus, I've never never seen it. You, by the way, the, the, the Alpha used to do about 110. <laughs> Literally. I used to think the Alpha had a hole. No, hold on. Let's just, <laughs> let's just, the first car you got at Corrie was your best car. Well, my, fir- my first, the first car I ever had in my life will be probably the best car I will ever have, won't it? And it was an Alfa Romeo. Oh, it was shit. It was a 0.9 twin air turbo engine. 0.9. Oh my God. They took all the engine parts and just left a kind of bit of air. You know as well, the first car, your first car is massive, isn't it? It's such a big deal. And I had ordered this car from you and watched it be built in the factory in Italy all the way from it coming over. And like, it was perfect it was everything that i'd ever wanted and i remember the first time you and ben got in it and when i pressed that button that put it into like race mode and it put that filter on the exhaust ben was like this is fucking amazing how does it do that best car you've had oh by a country mile because it was a laugh because it always broke down always broke down constantly i mean i got it from new i did thirty-eight thousand miles in two years and I remember the last two years of it, I had four months where it was off the road because I had a crash and it took him three months to get the badge sent out. Basically, I'd oh, locked yeah. the Alfa Romeo from badge. Italy. They have to send everything to Italy. Yeah. yeah. So they built the bonnet and not sent the Alfa Romeo badge and it took him three months to get a badge sent from Italy. Like, for the second half of me having it, I'd just never had it. And it used to cut out, didn't it? Like, the engine would stop on the motorway. I remember you say, like you saying, "Oh, it's it's not the most practical first car." And I was like, "Yeah, it is. I look cool as fuck." And you were like, "Yeah, you look cool stood on the side of the M62 in the pouring rain, <laughs> looking at it." <laughs> it was a lottery when you got in it. It was a period of time where it used to break and break and break, and I had to have a new clutch on it. I bought, I bought it, and it, within two years, it had to have a new clutch. Maybe that's the driver, though. Yeah, I'm automatic now. So Shepard, you can't. You're basically not going to be able to leave the car park. No, I've turned. I've turned up to petrol stations, and there's queues, and I'm like, oh, they've got fuel, and I get out, and I'm like, petrol, and I might as well have said Egyptian artifact. <laughs> they just look at me like I'm insane for asking if there's any petrol. So there's. 
diesel, but there's no unleaded. Yeah, you can get diesel. Diesel, diesel's flying off the shelves. There's loads of it. Can't find petrol anywhere. What are you going to do, Jack? I'll just wait. How did you get home? Did you walk? A lift. Girlfriend's sister. So your car is at work? Car's at work. Because you've got no fuel. No fuel? <laughs> yeah, it's empty. It's gone. I thought you'd like just driving it back on no, fire. gone. This is ser- it's serious now. So when you came into work this morning, you were like, that's it. That is genuinely it. That's it. That, that's it. That's. I mean, that's it. It's gone. I mean, it's, 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 it's serious now. It's affecting celebrities. Shepherd is <laughs> off the road. It's affecting celebrities. That's the headline, isn't it? It's a. It's. I heard it was bad, and then it affected me, and I'm a celebrity. It's yeah, really bad. It's really bad now. I would. I would offer to lend you my car, but the last time I lent you my car, I got in it, and the fucking tire popped, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I remember your tyre being flat on your old car and you came into work and it was flat and you come back from Leeds and you, I said to you, your tyre's flat and you went, yeah, don't worry, Ben, they run flats, yeah, which means you can drive on them flat. Then the lad came, the mobile tyre guy came and went, and he went, oh, yeah, I'll change the tyre. And Jack went, oh, yeah, yeah, because they're... He said, where have you been? He said, oh, I came back from Leeds because, you know, they run flats. And the lad went... Oh no, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> you've just been. You just came back from Leeds on your rim. They're not run flats. He was like, "Oh right, <laughs> <laughs> that's it." Mobile mechanic Jack P. Shepherd. <laughs> Other thing that's happened this week: we went out for dinner, didn't we? Oh, we did. We did. So we touched on it in the extraterrestrial episode that Jack booked us a table and used the old surfboard emoji. Well. It is proof that it works. We we got in, didn't we? And what's the name on the table? Surfboard emoji. Come right <laughs> in. <laughs> so yeah, podcast dinner. Um, we went to Habas in town, didn't we? A bit of a bit of Mediterranean tapas. There was an awkward moment at the start, which we need to talk about. I don't think it was an awkward moment at all. I think I was right. If if you're going to go on what I think you're going to go on about, so we all get the menus as you do. Yeah. I have to put my glasses on, and it's. It's tapas, which really means is you all order bits and basically you eat the same dish. Yeah. Whichever comes out, which is nice, you eat that one and you leave the rubbish ones. <laughs> so Colson said, so we, you order like three or four each. Colson went, I've got it. I've got, don't worry, I'll order. And then he said, all seafood, all meat, all veg. He wanted to order the menu. He wanted to order the menu. 54 dishes. No, it isn't. It's a very small menu. Can I just make, make it clear that that was only 14 dishes? No, I think it's more Still than far that. too much. I don't eat anything. Have you looked at me? You had some pitta and you were full. <laughs> yeah, that's right. it. I'm out the game. When you're eating tapas, yeah, you're at a table, you're all, you're all friends... Well, you hope so. You order for the table, don't you? So Jack doing the, oh, no, I'm going to order what I have and no one else can have it. That doesn't work at Tapas. It doesn't work. (laughs) No, 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 no. I wasn't saying no one else can have it. I was just going, I know my stomach can only eat this. A bit like my car. I know the fuel consumption that can go in it and then it's gone. Bit like that. Two meals and I'm done. You're basically, you're a tiny bit of the starter hummus starter, if you're lucky. Tiny bit on that. A bit of patatas bravas, the lamb potato, whatever it was, spice jackets, and then a tiny bit of a sausage or something like that. And we're out. We're done. Yeah. But... As we go to order, I obviously, I'm not getting my own way. We've ordered, and the waitress goes, I'm going to be honest with you, 
you've not ordered enough food. And I go, thank you very much. It's time for me and you to have a conversation. So I sorted out with the waitress and we were fine, weren't we? I nailed it. <laughs> you seem to be the only one intent on ordering everything, though. You seem to get very fussy about it. You got almost like you've got animated now. You got slightly angry about the order. No one ate that monkfish. We got that monkfish. Ben no fucking one... loved it. He said it was the best dish. How high are you going? You said, I quote... The monkfish was the best dish of the night. But if you order it all, Colson, you're bound to get... If you've got enough darts in your hand, you're going to hit the board. It was the mini lamb jackets. The lamb jackets. <laughs> you ordered the menu. You both said to me, Colson, you've done this right. And I went, thank you, because I know how to have a good night with my friends. Because <laughs> I'm not a stingy tight bastard like you two. I started off by telling everyone else what they can eat. <laughs> What did we have for pudding? We didn't have pudding, did we? Coffees we did, didn't we? We did coffees. The waitress did the thing where she came over to read us the special dessert out and she was quite excited about reading it out. And she went, but there's only one left. So whoever on the table says yes first gets it. So we're all there like it's golden buzzer on a quiz show. And she read the special and we all just looked at each other. Just coffees, please. Yeah, and went... Huge pie. Yeah, just, just coffee and a bill. <laughs> Thank you. Don't fancy whatever that... Whatever the frangipan was. <laughs> yeah, it was. Fig frangipan or some shit. <laughs> just tell you what, you're no good, Jack. You're like no good because you're sitting at a restaurant and then whatever they say, you'll take it back to basic. Is that rice? Is that potato? Is that meat? Right, that's all I need to know. Started to say something like frangipan or something. Your head went just a coffee. Thank you, just a coffee. Don't I don't can't do frangipan coffee. Ben, you had some visitors this week, didn't you? My parents. Came, came down from Newcastle. They got the they got their passport. <laughs> Did they get on the bus? <laughs> they got on the bus. They got on the uh, National Express. <laughs> Free Wi-Fi. Um, they came down, and then I was working, and uh, then they popped over, and then mum and dad, you know, all good and whatever. But like dad, not a massive dog person. Didn't mind them. Not a massive dog person. So star. Well, this is home territory for her. And so we've got a settee in the kitchen and Star really sleeps on it. But I sit there in the morning and have a little kiss with her, a little chat. And uh, my dad was sat on the chair. <laughs> she just, she came up and just looked at him. And he's going, oh, she's saying hello. And she's like, no, she's like, you're in my chair. It was like a face off. You're in my chair. So she jumps up and squeezes him by my dad and then sits on him. And do you know what? She melted his heart. All dogs do, don't they? Mm, eventually. Eventually. Because I'm sure you were like that, Jack. Oh, God, yeah. God, yeah. I mean, I've, I've got four dogs, three chihuahuas and a multi-fucking-poo. A what? I can't. A multi-poo. So it's a cross between a Maltese and a poodle. <laughs> multi-poo? Multi-poo. It's a breed. It's a pedigree. It's a thing. I'm not seeing that at Crufts, by the way. I'm not hearing Claire Balding going, and here we have Mr. <laughs> Jack P. Shepherd with his multi-poo. Yeah. Ooh, he's having trouble up there in through the rings there. She's ginger. She's called Ariel, as of Ariel from Little, Little Mermaid. Mermaid. I've not seen Little Mermaid. Have you not? Haven't you? I think you'd like it. That's a great film. It's a good film. Yeah, it's a good film. So multi-poo, that's how you order them. Multi-poo, please. <laughs> <laughs> And are they smaller than the other dog? No, the chihuahuas, the chihuahuas are smaller. 
micro teacup chihuahuas they are. Three of them, plus the multi-poo. I mean, they're mental. They're mental. They hate dogs, and they hate humans. Perfect. So usually you get a dog go where they don't really like people, but they love dogs. No, these hate, hate everyone. So taking them out could be a nightmare. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, they'll bark at everyone. Chihuahuas, are, they're not nice. They're not nice dogs. You have to really, really, really know them. Really know them before they're, like, warm to you. A bit like their owner, you could say. Angel, the youngest one, I still don't get any affection whatsoever off her and I've known her a year I've known her a year it's like it's a person I've known her a year nothing she still barks barks at me when I come in still because she's still warm to me I, I tell you what that was a bit of realism there because you actually look cheesed off yeah it, it does piss me off all the other three they're fine they're all over me they're fine but Angel she just nah I'm dead to her <laughs> I'm dead to her I'd love it if Angel's some kind of spy or something <laughs> like that you're dead to me Jack Speaking of spies, it's time to talk about this week's film, which is my last pick of the series. It is the classic Vantage Point. But before we get into talking all things Vantage Point, it has come to my attention as somebody stopped me whilst I was on a walk in Media City and they asked me what was the next film up on the podcast. I told them what the next film was and their response was, I don't really listen to the bit about the film, I just listen to the what have you been up to this week. Really? Yeah. But was that in response to... Vantage Point. <laughs> Did you say, what film's it this week? Vantage Point. Yeah, not big one on the films. Listen to you, lads. Because I kind of thought, is this a dig at my film choice? But I think it was a dig at your film choices as well. So he was saying he just listens to the beginning bit yeah. of like what we've been doing. And then he goes, ooh, I've had my fix. I've had my giggles. That's enough. Yeah, basically. that That's 25 minutes of my life that's absolutely perfect. All that I needed. Whereas we have the reverse of the lad that messaged us on ET who said, stop talking about your lives and get on with talking about the film. Yeah. So let's try and do a little bit of both and talk all things Vantage Point because we know that our lives are very similar to Vantage Point, aren't they? <laughs> it's going well. Vantage Point though, Colson, when you say that, you're saying it like... It's a pretty obvious narrative of a film. It's not, is it? I can't believe that you hadn't heard of it. You haven't done a synopsis yet. Yeah, go to the synopsis. So Vantage Point is a film that follows an event. It follows a kind of speech um, celebration in Spain. And the US president is coming to Spain to kind of create this partnership with Spain and to end the war on terrorism and it's kind of with a with a character called Thomas Barnes who is the president's bodyguard and basically the president gets shot and we see from eight people's perspectives why and how and who shot the president yeah it's a clever film oh, oh no 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 it, it's 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 i mean it's a cheap film you were almost teeing up for that's that's literally it. That's literally the plot. We see the film like eight times. Yeah, you see the same 20 minutes from eight different people's perspectives. But what what a cool way to have a film. But there's lots of films like this. Name one. Name one. Okay. Deja Vu. Not seen it. Denzel Washington, where there's a bomb. Some There's a terrorist and okay. he's, setting, he's setting bombs off on New York or Boston, somewhere like that. And he's a detective and he has to sort of watch 
video tapes over and over and that it's sort of like a deja vu and he, he goes back in time a little bit I think Groundhog Day mm, not really <laughs> not really good one no. I like that the same day over and over again very different Source Code with Jake Gyllenhaal where he's on the train and that's gonna blow up that's a shit film it's basically same premise there's Predestination with Ethan Hawke where he's trying to stop a terrorist oh I've seen that and that's almost too confusing for the sake of being confusing and it's not very good but they all do do it a little bit better because there's a bit more of a plot going on this is literally one event over and over and over and i always find that when it it gets up to the event of when you go we're going to go back to the beginning i ended up almost having a massive like sigh of disappointment because i knew and now I'm going back to the beginning and they've revealed fuck all for me. But it does reveal something each time, doesn't it? It felt a bit like Memento, that they were going back in time. Yeah, but Memento's very good. Yeah, this isn't. Yeah, yeah. don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm not putting them in this. I'm not putting them on the same shelf in the DVD shop. We start off, don't we? We're, we're at this big. Um, we're at this big thing in Spain, basically, and it is. It's, it's the president coming to Spain to kind of do a speech. And Sir Gorney Weaver's character is like this TV production, and it's her. She's the first point of view that you see. So it's quite clever, actually, because you basically see a terrorist attack and a shooting of the president through the eyes of the media, and you kind of see it from multiple different angles because they've got eight screens in the TV box, and that is the first view of it that you see. And then throughout the film, you see different people. So you see Thomas Barnes, who is the secret. Um, agent that protects the president you see Forrest Whitaker who plays Howard Lewis who's a member in the crowd you see the little girl with the ice cream you see that's shit that's shit the the Spanish the Spanish bodyguard Sigourney Weaver's had an absolute blinder oh gets in gets out and she never got out though Jack she never got out it's two scenes you can be in a studio in LA well make it look like you're somewhere else and then that's you for the film yeah She's gone, yep, yeah, absolutely. Dennis Quaid is like cop gone, cop, he's got PTSD, isn't he? He's like a shit Jason Bourne. Yes, he just pulls a face all the time, like he's doing a poo. Like he's doing his shit. He does. <laughs> like he he's doing his shit. Face. He's gone, oh, what, can you see a terrorist? No, I've got wind. Is he in any good films, Dennis Quaid? Vantage point. <laughs> no, I tell you what he was in. <laughs> in a space. Was it Inner Space where he goes inside the body? Now, that's good. He's Sounds very good, good in that. It's a remake. That was good. But he's not in... What else? No. Dennis Quaid. It's not It's not him. For, he's playing a different film, isn't he? Old Dennis there. Looking at a little curtain and he thinks, Shooter! And he keeps talking into his sleeve, as they all do when they're a kind of CIA agents. He's lost it a bit, hasn't he? It does that. He talks a lot to his sleeve. And then I noticed in his hand and his sleeve, he had nothing there. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. Nothing in his hand or his sleeve. There was nothing there. The camera came round so you could see. And he had nothing. Fuck all there. It's like he was just pretending. Like the props department have gone to him. We actually don't have, we don't have the walkie-talkie, Dennis. I was like, oh, Dennis. Oh, Dennis. I'd love it. I'd love it. 
like a bit like Daniel Day Lewis. What do you do? I went undercover. I talked into my hand. It works every time. Dennis Quaid is quite clearly good at his job as a CIA. He's all over the place. He's all over the place, Colson. He's all over the. He's sweating. But he saved the president once before, hasn't he? He's took a bullet for him. He didn't have to take that bullet, didn't he? He absolutely <laughs> flew. He did a complete dancing on ice in front of the president. Yeah, he did. Todd Carter. <laughs> 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 seen as the base of the film is only 20 minutes let's kind of get straight into it <laughs> we have we have. yeah i know i know i'm just trying to talk right because i yeah. would like to argue that there's some okay. there's some quite okay. good go on twists go on just go give on. us a, hold on give us a give us a how old were you when you first saw it well this was 2008 how old are you then it will have come out at the age where I was 10. You were 10. Who? Now, I think it's a 12A, isn't it? Ooh. This film. Someone's getting a knock at the door. No, 12A. <laughs> 12, 12A. Do you know what the A stands for? With adult or company, you can be under 12. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Uh, Do you know why they brought that out, by the way? No. Why? So in 2002, Spider-Man came out and it was rated 12. And loads of parents in the UK kept on kicking off. Because it's PG-13 in um, America. So loads of parents in the UK were kicking off that they couldn't take their child to watch Spider-Man. Ah, okay. So I'm going to argue here, Coulson. At 10, could you really understand what was going on? Clearly, because I've absolutely loved it. And that was exactly how I remembered it. So what, you... Straight away at 10, you went, Dad, this is mint. Yeah, great film. Can I have it on DVD? And each time you kept going, I still don't know what happened. Because it's like that, isn't it? I forgot. I did forget. How did you forget? It's on a fucking loop. It's literally (laughs) on a loop. The film's on a loop. President being a double. Didn't see that coming, did you? No, I didn't see that. Thank you. Do you know why I it's didn't see that shit. coming? Because it's the same frigging actor. <laughs> it is the same actor. <laughs> it didn't look like a good... That double's amazing. It's because it's me. And have you seen his interview where he talks about playing a double and he says, oh, I just did it a bit more stiff and not as good? <laughs> did he? Did he? <laughs> it's the same guy. So he has a double and it's clearly the same actor. Same guy. Yeah, we did it before with Reagan. Did we? <laughs> yeah, so he's the double. He gets shot. No one's asked about the double getting shot, are they? No one's ringing his wife and kids to say, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Making the copper carry the bombing. Good twist. Making the the terrorist, his brother being kidnapped. I think as a film, it interlinked quite well. And clearly you two didn't. So let's find out why. I found straight away. So Sigourney Weaver's in the old booth Dennis Quaid runs in talking to his hand and then manages to piece everything together from video footage that they happen to catch because he's good at his job it just it, there were just too many times when I'm watching it going yeah but it's- also Ben we didn't get to see it did we it's just him going oh my god Oh yeah, God. I did like that. Yeah, and then it goes back to white, and then it rewinds. And twelve think, oh, o'clock. Fuck. I'd have to say every time it went back to twelve, my heart sank. Yeah, that's what I mean. Do you know one bit that's funny as well? It goes back to twelve o'clock, and you know they've so the shot of the bomb, they put like eighteen cameras on, so they had it covered from loads of different angles, but the clock is set to ten o'clock. <laughs> oh God! So the big clock is at ten o'clock. And it's obviously not because it goes back to 12 12. (laughs) o'clock. Oh, shit. (laughs) That's vantage point. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's a tricky one. Does your dad love it? Do you know, I've not, I've not spoke to him about picking it, and I'm not sure if he's... Do you know anyone else, Colson, at all, who's heard of the film A, B, likes it? But why have I heard of it and liked it? Because it it's so obscure. Members of the jury, may I present Poppadopoulos and Sons? I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I mean, that's an absolute case in point. That was Netflix. We've paid fucking £6.50 for this film on Amazon. Like, that's how rare it is. It's on Now TV. You're taking the piss. No, it's on Now TV for free. Yeah. <sighs> Oof, kicking the dick. Six pounds. That hurt. No one saw that coming, did they? We never got that vantage point. £6.50 or free. This is why we have a group chat, Jack, for you to put messages like this in. It was the first streaming service I tried and went, I'm just going to see if it's on there. I put in the van. It went, vantage point. I went, play now. There we go. Play now at one and a half times speed. (laughs) (laughs) So I get to it a bit quicker. We watched it together, didn't we, Colson? We did watch it together. And I... I, What was that experience like? Well, he's terrible. If he's watching a film, it's a bit like ordering food. If you're watching a film you suspect I think is shit, you then tell me why it's so good. This is good. Ooh, this is a good scene. That's a stunt. But Ben, did I enjoy it? Well, I'd hope so. It's a film you like. What were you doing when it's on, Ben? Are you just mute? No, laughing. Yeah, I mean, literally laughing. The only bit that the only bit that is absolutely ridiculous is the car chase. Listen, the, I mean, but a fair play to whoever's in that fucking Astra can really drive. I know they can, can't they? Yeah, they give it the beans. Whoever the stunt guy was who came up with that. Yeah, the, that's. That's great. And that's a complete rip-off of Born Identity. It? Well, it is. It, it, they, they, that's basically what I think they were trying to create is one of the Born series. Yeah. But um, obviously, they've only done one shot in Spain, which is the explosion. And then basically, they were like, you, you can't do it in Spain. So they shot all the street stuff in Mexico. Uh-huh. So the, the, the one big scene that's in the square yeah. is in... It's in a small village in Spain because they wouldn't give him Madrid. So it's like in some some Spanish town that I hadn't heard of. And then the rest of it was shot in Mexico because obviously it was cheaper and they were allowed to do it. And it's closer to America. The director, Ben, don't know if you have ever come across him, but he directed The Bill and Cold Feet. Oh, wow. Pete Travis. Well, he's done well. I tell you what, he's not done a bad job he's of directing. He's not done a bad job. No, yeah. it is a mess. It's a mess of a story, and he obviously had no money. That's why they keep replaying the same bit. 40 million, Ben. 40 You million. are joking. 40 million. To make it? Yeah. You are joking. It was number one on the box office for an entire week. Where? In the States. Do you know how much it made? How much did it make? 157 million. I arrest my case. It's a successful film. Yep, it is. <laughs> right, well, that's completely changed my rating now. 40 million quid 40 million they spent on 40 it, yeah. million 39 million quid on petrol a million quid on the film yeah well, the, the car chase must have cost them like 15 and the rest of it must have been Sigourney Weaver Dennis Quaid Forrest Whitaker's wages yeah I mean they must have they, they must have paid the cast through the roof it is a it's a fairly big cast to be fair like you know they're, they're all Big American job in like TV film actors, aren't they? That guy's on it off uh, Lost, isn't it? There's two of them that were in Lost. 
Yeah. Well, that guy who's the double agent, he played yeah. Jack Shepard in Lost, didn't he? His character were called Jack Shepard in Lost, though. I always remembered that, yeah. Did you watch that? No, but didn't it do like 10 series yeah, or something? Yeah, it was awful. Do you know what pissed me off? I saw the first series, I thought, this is going to be good. And then it oh, got shite. They were looking for some kind of hole or something. Then they found it. Then it was a dream. Well, at the end of the first series, I remember everyone thinking, are they dead? Is that going to be the twist? And then you're going, you wait. You wait till season six. And then at the end of that, they went, they're dead. Who, who knew? And everyone went, yeah, we all did. Yeah, cack. Um, so we've got to the end of the film. Ratings? <laughs> I, I I just don't want to jump straight to the ratings because I feel like... Well, what else is there to say? He stops the terrorists in the end. <sighs> yeah. Saves president. The double is an easy way out, isn't what it? What I found ironic was, actually, the double gets shot, doesn't he? Yeah. And he ends up in the ambulance. Yeah. Then the real president gets kidnapped and then ends up in an ambulance... And then he gets shot in the ambulance. Yeah. So the story works that, oh yeah, he did get shot and it's come full circle. That the, and then he yeah. escapes. Well, no, he doesn't escape. Thomas Barnes saves his life, Ben. Thomas Barnes saves his life. Thomas Barnes is the hero. Still talking to his wrist. <laughs> right, let's just do it then because I, I feel like I want to make a big defense case against the film now but i'm just gonna take what you say yeah but but if you if when it comes to the ratings if you like it that's what that's what counts for you Mm. i'm interested to see that you haven't moved on in 13 years so the the 10 year old you liked it i have i have moved on i have moved on i have okay okay that's good let's see if that translates then let's take a quick break I'm going to brace myself, and then when we come back, we're going to do our ratings for Vantage Point. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Vantage Point ratings starting with me. Like I said before the break, I have moved on. As in, I completely appreciate what you're saying about it is quite a thin film. As in, it is a 20-minute story replayed eight times, which takes us to its exact running time. Yes, different bits of it spiral off. Yes, a little bit of it is quite fantasy, isn't it, of how it's all sewed together. But I do genuinely like it. I like the cheesiness of you don't like the terrorists. They've got cool gadgets. You don't like them. They're doing bad things. Then the good guy gets double-crossed. Like, and for me, obviously, as a 10-year-old, Ben, 
when I've sat in the cinema with my dad, I will have never watched a film like that, ever. So, from 10 years old, we're talking, it's probably the same year, in fact, it is the same year that Racing Stripes came out. (laughs) What a big year that was for film. Huge. 208, Racing Stripes and Vantage Point. (laughs) But, so then for me, it's a film that's completely different and I would say it's probably the first ever action film that I watched and got a buzz from Mm. because I wasn't watching the action films that you were watching. But when you're watching, I suppose what I'm interested in now is that you're still watching it and when you're watching it, are you really displacing yourself as 10-year-old Coulson? No, I'm displacing myself as Coulson watching an hour and 20 of decent entertainment that you go, yeah, all right, good film. God, it's amazing you get all that from that. (laughs) <laughs> what's your rating then 7.5 out of 10 oh! <laughs> right. I could have oh sworn my. you gave Baby Jane like a 7 I did I gave it a 7.1 but there's so much more in Baby Jane with the relationships and the dialogue I know what you've done you've changed your rating suspecting me and Shepard are going to shit on it I don't think he has been I, Ben I genuinely enjoyed watching that film and I cannot tell you why other than what I've already said, but I enjoyed watching it. And yes, it's different. But Jack, if if we go and watch Deja Vu, and if it is the same film, but better, mm. am I going to go, oh, well, Vantage Point is a bit shit. Deja Vu is not a brilliant film, but it's better than that. And it's the same sort of premise. But I've not seen it. So I can't, no, I know, do you know what I mean? I You're seeing this idea having been done better. As are you, Ben. Uh, do you know what? I would interest, I would be interested if you saw a film like Collateral. Yeah. I think that is a film you could watch now and it would be a step on from Vantage Point. Yeah. The way it's filmed, the action, the way it's shot, I think it's a step up. I think it'd be interesting if you saw that. Maybe we should pick that once. Mm. So I've given it 7.5. Jack? Um, I mean, I tried to get my girlfriend to watch it and I always do try and get her to watch it just so that... I have another opinion as well to bounce off, you know, what I'm watching and then what she can bring to the table. And then, I, you know, it always sort of works, but she got 10 minutes in, she started filing her nails and then she fucked off. (laughs) 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 And she went, I can't, I can't. I've got something to do. There's nothing wrong in the first ten minutes. She said, do you mind? <laughs> she, went, pause, she went, hang on, pause it. She went, do you mind if I... I said, no, not at all. She went, are you sure? I went, yeah, it's fine. She went, I know because it, it is your work and everything. I went, babe, I get it. She went, it's just... It's, it's just... It's just a bit shit, oh. isn't it? And I went, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's fine. I went, I'll take this one. I'll take this one for the team and I'll sit there and watch it. And I did. And I watched that and as soon as it as soon as it finished, I breathed a sigh of relief. This is great. I reached for the remote and turned it off. And now I'm gonna be kind. <laughs> Cause that that's been kind so far. I think it's a 3.8. <laughs> right, right. And it's a 3.8 for the eight different perspectives. Yeah. No. I, I think it's in the threes. It's. I mean, it could be worse. 
it's it's <laughs> there is other films of that genre that do it better but it's I liked the car chase the car chase was decent car chase was is great right. but yeah it's a 3.8 I can't go any high I can't give you anything more than that I've squeezed can't. all I can out of my I've rating I've squeezed all I can and it's I've a 3. all 8. the juice out of this orange I can <laughs> Ben. <laughs> He's not looking at me. He's not looking at me. It's a almost replay of the restaurant. He's not looking at me. He's gone. He's preparing what it's gonna say. I have to I have to open the door to the flat and be with him now for the next hour, couple of hours. Don't get me wrong, I completely get where you're coming from. I like I I get it. As in I I get it. I guess there is some form of sentimental value isn't there still in that film for me but that's that is fine that's what I'm trying to find out that's what's interesting me mm. in a film that genuinely has nothing in there for me to watch again but it does have something in there for you from when you were 10 that makes sense first action film where you could jump into it I'm, I'll ask my I will ask my dad if there's a reason why that film specifically, I watched and watched and watched. Who do you see yourself playing in that film? Who are you? Dennis Quaid? Yeah, Thomas Barnes. Maybe you wanted to be Thomas Barnes when you were 10. I'm Sigourney Weaver. I did. I like. <laughs> I, I, my dream job as a child was a spy. Oh, he right, went to the spy we convention with his dad, didn't he? Yeah. So maybe it is all from this. Because there's another film, which I don't even want to mention the name of, because I know that it is pure, pure wank. Go, name it. But I'm going to pick it one day. Hold on to that gem. Hold on to that hidden so gem. So I don't even know if I should name the film now, because no, it's, it's going to come out one day. It. But that film, again, is about a kid becoming a spy... And that is all I wanted to do. And then Spy Kids. No, uh, Spy Kids. Spy Kids is alright actually. But no, it's not Spy Kids. Okay, so that makes sense. You wanted to be a spy when you were a kid. I get it. I still think I've got a chance now. I'm quite discreet in my mm. actions. You might lose the undercover part of it, I think. <laughs> um is that Craig McCorry? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I've seen him before. My friend, um, a very intelligent boy, um, did very well at a very good school and got a little tap on the shoulder at college and got told to go and study Arabic at university. So went to university, did two months and was like, I don't want to be a spy. Oh. Just dropped out. He's now got his own like consultancy company. Like he does well for himself, but literally could have been a spy. He was on the path of being a spy. He got the old tap on the shoulder saying, this is what we'd like you to go and study. Cool that, innit? Yeah, that is cool. Bond. Ben, rating. <laughs> I love that. You tell of that little story. You wish it had come to you, don't you, Colson? Yeah, slightly jealous. Um, Got to be careful here. It just cheeses me off. Mm. Just cheesed me off. Mm. Because it, I, I get I get it's trying to be clever. And look, don't get me wrong. Sigourney Weaver, Dennis Quaid, Forrest Whitaker really went for it. They didn't, they didn't do that thing where they're thinking, ooh... This is a bit shit. They really went for... I liked Forrest Whitaker's character. I did like... I do like him as an actor. He just won an Oscar, I think. Had he? I think so. And he just won it for Last King of Scotland. He went up um, for a different part. And 
I don't know what part he went up for. He might have even gone up for Thomas Barnes and didn't get it. And that part was meant to be a Russian tourist and they rewrote it as an American tourist because they were like, do you know, we've got to have Forrest Whitaker in. And Rex, Sir Gorney Weaver's part, was meant to be a man. And they were like, we've literally got no women in this film. Both very watchable. Um, and two. Solid two. Oof. For those two. I'm not... I'm not going to moan on Grown. You can't really. Yeah, I admit it has got a false. And we always do that thing of, am I going to watch it again? Whereas since we have done this podcast, I have rewatched Hannah Montana multiple times and I will continue to. Vantage point, will I rewatch it? Probably not. I've never rewatched Papa Doc. So Hannah Montana is still a 10 for you? 100%. We Bought a Zoo, never rewatched. Racing Stripes, never rewatched. Ah, uh, good, good. So we are beating him down, Ben. You are, but there, you know, there are some key films that, like the film that we did for the pilot. I don't know if you two remember that. Do you remember, do you remember the film we did for the pilot of the podcast, Lizzie McGuire the movie? Oh yeah. Like that. That's going to come back across one day oh, because that is still a film that that the audience want you to pick. And every time I go on holiday to Italy. All I can think of is Paul, Pablo and Isabella. Hold on, what was that one? I think I remember. I think I remember that. What happened? It did hey you now, two people. Hey now, this is what dreams. No, no, not the song. Of. I didn't ask you. I actually, ask you to sing. I was talking about the plot. No, she goes on a school trip, doesn't she? And she meets Paolo, Isabella. Oh fuck! It's terrible. Oh, it's terrible. God, I remember now. Yeah, I remember now. Anyway. So good job, there's a new series just around the corner. 3.13.3 I've got. 7.13.3. No one saw that coming, did they, at Vantage Point? (laughs) (laughs) It'd have been good if we got it to bang on 12, wouldn't it? That would have been quite quite smart from us if we'd have got it to 12. What's the lowest? Not that. Have we ever ever had a a film that's not got in the 10? Yes, I think we have. But I can't remember what it is. We had that list once. Someone very kindly made a list of all the scores. Croc Dundee cat got above 10. Croc Dundee got that a That was shite. That was shite. So that is the end of Vantage Point, And that is the end of my picks for this series. Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a few of you at home are probably joining Jack and Ben Popping in celebrating. Popping all around the country. <laughs> hey, no more picks! <laughs> And I know that a lot of you do like my film choices, so there are plenty more of them to come in Series 5. But before we find out what Jack and Ben's last film of Series 4 is, shall we hit that jingle button? I'm going low this time. Okay. Shall we all go low? Shall we do it like tenors? Okay, go. Jack's Jack's hidden gem of the Before we get into Jack's Hidden Gem, I've had a text this week of um, Tim Royal, one of the directors at work, a friend of ours and a keen listener to the podcast, who has suggested for Series 5 that we get audience members to voice note them singing the Jack's Hidden Gem theme tune, (laughs) put it all together on one, so it's everybody who listens to the podcast singing the theme tune to Jack's Hidden Gem. I think we pick someone every week, because I think you could get some corkers and then some absolute shite and that's that's perfect because I think we should do that series four five series five crikey are we on five yeah series five 
Um, Jack's Hidden Gem will be sung by a member of the audience each sometimes but sometimes we mix it up and we sometimes the old crew the band will get back together (laughs) yeah the band will get the band will get back together but not every week you know what I mean it's like Led Zeppelin you don't want to see it every year no no, (laughs) we'll do an encore we'll come back every four or five years go on then Jack Gem this week I'm going back to docs I thought I'd play safe and it's a documentary that I saw a few years ago now and I'm surprised that uh, still a lot of people haven't seen it I'm pretty sure you've seen it Ben you might have seen it as well Coles actually it's called Searching for Sugar Man oh yeah fantastic yeah good soundtrack no you've not seen it no I think this did win the Oscar didn't it it did win the Oscar and you know the music Coles because I used to listen to the music yeah so basically there's this guy called Rodriguez and he's a singer songwriter from America from like Um, Detroit, I think it is. He releases some music in like the 70s, 60s, I think it is. And it bombs. His music does nothing. Doesn't sell anything anywhere. And he becomes sort of like invisible. No one knows where he is. He's gone. He's off the radar. His music doesn't get bought, doesn't get played. And there's lots of rumours about where this man is now. And there's lots of rumours that he's dead, he he killed himself, he set himself on fire. I mean, the rumours are just off the charts, ridiculous. But his music is very, very, very successful in Africa. So it gets popular? No, he is, but he doesn't know it. Okay. Right? So fast forward to present day. A bit like Sofa Cinema Club in... Cyprus and Ooh. Georgia. Yeah, yeah, but we've no idea. You wait for this week. You wait for this week. Right, but he's no idea. Okay. Rodriguez has no idea he's popular and successful in Africa. And when I say he's successful, he's bigger than the Beatles. Wow. He's bigger than Elvis. Everybody in Africa has heard of Rodriguez, and he's played throughout everybody, everybody's household. This sounds mint. Everybody knows who he is. He's massive. But he hasn't had one cent, not one dollar, nothing of money from the sales that are in Africa. Because they can't find him. Well, no, not just that. So the contract that he was on, his management like completely stripped him of everything. And he didn't get any of the royalties or the money or whatever. But the rumours are that this guy's dead. And this documentary maker from Africa sets out a quest to try and find Rodriguez. And it's called Searching for Sugar Man. It's an amazing... Amazing documentary. Really uplifting. Just one part. It's just a one part. I think it's about 90 minutes, two hours long. Well, actually, Coulson, I'd be up for watching it again as a flat watch. It's very, I very think good. It's available on Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime. You can watch it. It's it's brilliant. And when you watch it, you're like, how is this guy? How have I not heard this music? Because the music is really good. I'll tell you what his music is. It's very much like Bob Dylan. His okay. Music. Okay. I'll play some. Yeah. Cool. You'd have heard the songs. You'd have heard the songs because I've listened to them. And you'll go, I know this. You will. But honestly, that's the gem to watch Searching for Sugar Man on, um, on Amazon Prime. Good gem. Now, you two, big time here. Your last film of Series 5. We've had some corkers this series. Mm. How are you going to finish us off? Well, we were talking about this this week, actually, at work. And we were thinking, what do we do? Now, most people would be expecting us to go guns and to come in with, you know, a classic, some sort of 
golden cinema film, something that everybody knows. And we haven't. We've gone curveball. So it's subtitle film. Muppet Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> Seen it, amazing, Ted. <laughs> Most people thought we'd go for it. So we've gone curveball. Carry on, sorry. Go. But it is still a curveball. It's a subtitle film, black and white. 90s, is it 90s, Ben? Early 90s. Vincent Cassell, Lahane. Is that the name of the film? Yeah, Lahane. I, I thought that was the name of another act. <laughs> no, Lahane, French La- film. I've only ever seen one French film and that was called The Choir and I had to watch it in GCSE French. Oh, you told us about that. Every time the teacher was off, we had to watch it. I've only watched the first 60 minutes about 10 times. Like Vantage Point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 1995, La Haine. Okay. La Haine, La Haine. I know absolutely nothing so I can't make a comment, can I? Perfect. So your last pick of series four is French, black and white. That is Sofa Cinema Club, isn't it? Yeah. That is Sofa Cinema Club. That is Sofa Cinema Club. (laughs) (laughs) For more Sofa Cinema Club before next Thursday, remember you can tune in on Monday for Sofa Cinema Club Extraterrestrial, where Ben will tell you what is available to watch on Terrestrial TV this week. And we will be reading what you guys at home think of Sofa Cinema Club. We'll be going through all the reviews finding mm-hmm. out where you listen to us around the world and basically you can listen as you as you're queuing up for petrol you can listen to us yeah <laughs> <laughs> on Monday morning and on that absolute bombshell of joy from Shepherd. good night God bless good. hey it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out Quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos Wear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Good night.